What's going on, everybody? This is Tuquan Watt. This is the Mana Watts podcast. Today's date is October 31st. Happy Halloween to everybody. Trick or treat to everybody. Now, I do apologize. I have not been around the last couple days. Like I say, man, got a lot of work on my schedule. A lot of hours coming to me. But I do apologize. But for today's tricks... I will give y'all guys some treats. I'll be giving y'all some of my NBA talk, some of my NFL talk. I will congratulate the Boston Red Sox. I'll talk a little bit of WWE if anybody's into wrestling and that type of thing. Then I'll talk a little bit of college football. So let me get started with talking some NBA. Now, I've been away the last couple days. Been a couple things that have stayed the same couple things that surprise people and there's a couple teams and situations that I want to talk about on today's show so let me get started first off and mighty Cleveland of course we know LeBron James is gone we know that they don't have a great team we know that tickets for one of their last recent games started at two dollars We know that a lot of the achievements that the Cleveland Cavaliers conquered were while LeBron James was there, why they had a good team in that aspect. So they go and fire Tyron Lue. They fired him Sunday. And while I feel that they should have fired him way before this, we knew it was coming. We know that Tyron Lue and Kobe... Aukman, if I'm saying his name correctly, the GM, we're going to do some things in regards to playing the young players. Tyron Lue still wanted to play the guys that have been there. And it kind of went downhill, and they decided to let Lou go down. Like I said, I feel like they should have let Tyron Lue go as soon as they lost the championship. Why would you do that to him now? I feel like that's kind of shysty. That's just my opinion, my mind, my thoughts. Terrible that this guy loses his job right now. Now they st- they started 0-6, got a victory last night over the Atlanta Hawks. Shout out to the Cleveland Cavaliers on that. Maybe it was time for a coaching change, but I'm still going with the fact that it was shiesty to fire him. It was nothing he can do with this type of team. With the monster gone, Kevin Love's out a month with a foot injury. They're rebuilding. Cleveland's tanking. They're rebuilding. Got to do something. There's nothing they can do in this situation. I just hope the best for the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I hope that their plays come out every night and just play hard. Just play hard, brothers. Um, want to talk about next up. See the, the Golden State Bulls game on Monday. Blake Thompson, yeah, 52 points, 27 minutes, 14 threes. Everybody was amazed. Facebook, Instagram, the whole world was amazed. I wasn't. (laughs) I surely was not amazed by Clay Thompson's 14 three-pointer performance. You know why? Because Clay Thompson, in my mind, he can go out there and he can do that if he has a good night. Now, this is a guy that's been struggling since the regular season started. 
A guy that I pick every night in fantasy games, hoping that he'll have a night like this. And he did. He did. Shout out to him. But I honestly don't think that it was that surprising. He shoots trees. This is what he does. Clay Thompson, this is what he does. What was surprising, though, was that the Golden State Warriors, despite Steph Curry taking less than 10 shots, Kevin Durant taking less than 10 shots, Clay Thompson went crazy. That's a scary thought for the NBA. That whenever the Warriors, too, want to take a night off, Clay Thompson's going to come play. Draymond's going to try to participate and play. Now, he may not pick up 14 three pointers, but Draymond's going to come play. When they get the Marcus Cousins back, he's going to come and play. And I said this in the beginning of the Austin and Watch show. Mind you, watch the Austin and Watch show on Facebook. I said this in our preseason predictions. The Warriors got to be stopped, and nobody's going to stop them. And I think they'll three-peat to further notice. To somebody can prove that they can beat them. Let's see. We're starting to see Golden State bounce around and do what they do. And that's kill the NBA like they've been doing. Now let's come local. Show, I'm going to show love to the Boston Celtics. Good teams like this, the team that they have, start slow. Got to get familiar with things. Read familiar. Kyrie Irving back. Gordon Hayward back. Got to get everybody equipped and, and ready and basketball in shape. And over the last week, they have done that. Good wins over the Thunder. A good two wins over the Pistons in a home-on-home series. Good win last night from the Boston Celtics. Good win. Shout out to the homie Coco for giving Kyrie Irving a crispy cut because Kyrie went out there and got buckets, 29 points. Had the crowd rocking, had the Boston Celtics flowing and going. And that's ultimately what Boston needs, as well as I feel like a dominant big man, but they'll get to that. They got Horford, they got Baines, and if they're healthy, this Celtics team's gonna ride out. You got the young guys, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier. I feel like the last couple games, those guys, you know, kind of down the hill, but the season just started. The Boston Celtics are starting to get going in Eastern Conference. I wouldn't want to play these guys if I'm you right now. Now, later on in the show, I'm going to preview the Bucks versus the Celtics, and that's going to be a great game as well. But Boston is up top here, and everybody else in the East is down here to me. Now, Toronto, you can put them up there too because Toronto got an early victory over them. And Kawhi Leonard is playing awesome. That team's playing awesome. But when it all comes down to it, we all know what the Raptors can do in the regular season. I don't care who they added. It's all about the playoffs. And with LeBron gone in the East, the Celtics have proven that at least they can put up a fight against the big dogs. Minor Watts, Tuquan Watt, more NBA talk. Now I'm looking at the standings in the NBA. And there's three teams I want to talk about right now. And yes, and yes, I'll be talking about my beloved Los Angeles Lakers. Yes, indeed. The way this is going right now is horrible. 
We just can't seem to close out games, and that's our problem. We stay competitive. We, we stay competitive last year with our young team, and with the addition of LeBron James, we stay competitive this year. We're just not laying the casket down. We're just keeping it up. Or we're trying to close it, and they pick it back up. Devastating loss the other night to the Timberwolves. And a devastating loss to the Spurs. Can't keep doing this, Laker Nation. Got to pick it up. In my opinion, I think Lonzo Ball should be starting. I think it's great for his psyche right now, especially the case that Rondo got himself suspended. Brandon Ingram saying that he's not coming off the bench. You got you to gotta show me something, boy. You, you got to show me something. You got to show me that you can go out there and not only, you know, be, be, be cool on the court. You got to put in the damage. Got to give me something. On both ends of the floor. Because the way everybody talks about you, Brandon, I don't think of you in that way. But you have a lot of time to improve and prove me wrong. Laker Nation, our record right now is 2-5. and five. We go in, in tonight's game against the Mavericks. It's a winnable game. You got to win. Can't go down the hole early. Early in the season, and there's no way to panic if you miss the what? Myself, no, I can't. I will not. Not panic on this team whatsoever because these are my dogs, and I know they can come out of this. The ball's on your court, Los Angeles. Let's get win three tonight. Let's build. Let's do this. We are capable. All the games we've been in have been winnable games. Winnable. Games that we should have won. Got to win those games. Got to win those games. Next team up. Houston Rockets, 1-5. We know there's no James Harden. James Harden hasn't been there the last couple games. And you can take that into consideration of why they're 1-5. But we got to think about it. We said before the season started, they lost two key defenders... That was going to hurt their team. And so far, from the scores I've been seeing during these games, they have been affected by not having these pieces. Shout out to Trevor Ariza. Shout out to Barmute. Now let's see these scores that they have allowed. We won't talk about the opening night. Pelicans got 131 on them. They beat the Lakers, but the Lakers got 115 on them. 115, the Clippers put on them. 100 with the Jazz put on them. But we know the NBA is an offensive league, offensive league. So we're, we really can't, you know what I'm saying, be mad that they give up these points. But, hey, they had two defensive specialists. They could have changed this. Clippers, again, they give up 133 to the Clippers. And then last night, they get blown out the gym by the Trailblazers, 104 to 85, which is leaning for concern in Houston. Yes, Mike D'Antoni is their coach. Yes, Mike D'Antoni can put a seven-second offense out there. Yes, they can put up points. But when it comes down to it, can you play defense? And they can't. They don't have nobody defensively there that's really haunting besides, okay, you got P.J. Tucker that can play defense. Chris Paul, going to salute him. He can play some defense. There's individual defenders, but they don't have enough as they had last year. 
And James Harden, shout out to you too, but you don't play defense. The only thing that matters in Houston is if they score more points. They are not prepared for how about if a team scores more points than us. They were prepared somewhat last year. They got screwed in the seven-game series due to Chris Paul's injury. But looking at it now, should have kept those guys. You paid Clint Capella all that money, and I'm always going to say it on every podcast I talk about the Rockets. It was bullshit to give him that money. Yes, the market, the market, the market. It was bullshit to give him that cash. You should never give him that cash. It's terrible. The Rockets got a lot of making up to do just like the Lakers. But in, in honestly respects, the Lakers are a team that just need to get together and get around. The Rockets. And oh, the Rockets signed Carmelo Anthony too. And he's not playing good so far. Melo, what the hell is wrong with you? Hoodie Melo may have been the end of Melo. I think when you have to come up with a, a nickname for yourself or wear a hoodie and people just really just stop calling you by that now, your career is probably over. It's no longer mellow. It's no longer hoodie mellow. For now, until you could prove something, you just owe. <laughs> oh. Because I need to see mellow. And I know mellow is, it, it can really turn it on and get it popping. Mellow is a guy that I vouched for in the past. Mellow's a guy that can get it popping. Get on fire, mellow. You need to do this, man. Career's ticking. It's ticking. It's early in the season. So there's a lot more dirt to shovel out the ground for the Houston Rockets. Now the next team I want to talk about, the Washington Wizards. This has been on my mind for a long time. Now they're one and six as well. And I've been said, you got to get rid of John Wall, Bradley Bill. And it's not that they don't work together. They don't match together. Some things can work in a match, but if you ultimately don't match, something's going to happen. And these two guys don't do it. They don't do it for the city of Washington. One of them got to bounce. For the better of that team. They may be worse once they lose those players, but at the end of the day, they can gain value and do some things. Now, the question is, what teams will want to take one of these two guys? Somebody's got to want to take them. John Wall's an excellent player. Bradley Bill's an excellent player. But when you, for three or four years, have conversations in regards to who should get the ball, who's taking the most shots, who should not be taking all these shots, it's terrible. You add Dwight Howard, I don't even think he's played no more than two games, three games. Washington's got to break that up. There's nothing that Washington can do to make this a better situation. In the Eastern Conference where teams are evolving, the NBA is evolving every year in Washington. You're just not the same team with two guards that can just go in and say, hey, we have two point, we have two guards and we can go and do damage. No, you got to evolve everywhere else. You gave Otto Porter, you matched Otto Porter's deal for $100 million. $100 million. How does that feel right now? How's that feel right now? I'll let you answer the question, Washington, because I can't seem to get my head around it. They compete. But a loss yesterday to Memphis should say something to you. 
You're losing to a team like the Memphis Grizzlies. You lost to the Clippers. You lost to the Kings. You lost to the Warriors. Four straight losses. You played the Thunder on Friday. Got to get together, Washington. Or else you got to start thinking. Got to start breaking up this team. Sad for Washington. This is Tuquan Watt, Mind of Watts podcast. More talk in a second. Tuquan Watt, Minor Watts. Want to get into some NFL talk now. Now, I want to say first off, it was a decent week eight. And I'll get into a little bit of um, week eight and what I thought about it in a few seconds. But I want to give a shout out to the trade deadline. It was pretty interesting to wait and see who possibly could get traded. It can go to different places and, and, and make better situations for different teams. Want to give a shout out to that. The NFL. Want to give a shout out to y'all too. Even though Carla Kaepernick should still be in the league. But we'll save that for another day. Now, my thoughts on the trade deadline. It's awesome. Like I said in the beginning. You know, it was awesome. <laughs> the fact that the first move helped Deshaun Watson and the Texans. Now, we know the Texans lost Will Fuller for the rest of the year. So they went out and traded Tensional 7 as well as a fourth rounder for Demarius Thomas of the Broncos. Great trade overall, I feel. Though Thomas and Will Fuller are two different wide receivers, you gave Deshaun something to play with as the season goes. Now the Texans have are riding high right now, five straight wins. Something like that that happened the other night to Will Fuller. They could not end their season like that. We know D-Hop's a beast. And we know we they got Cote, who will be back from injury soon. But they need another receiver to definitely keep pushing towards the end of the season. And they got that man in Demarius Thomas. I think it was a smart move for the Broncos as well. We know John Elway's always trying to move something. He'll figure something out eventually. The Broncos, this is not their year. And a guy like Demarius deserves to be on a winning team to go out there and try to compete. The Texans could compete in the AFC. They're playing pretty well right now. Like I said a couple days ago, they just need to play good in the big games. The games that matter, really matter to them. But it was an overall good move by both teams. Good pickup from the Texans. Golden Tate to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now... I was thinking to myself, why? But I can kind of see why. After I thought about it. Carson Wentz is a guy that likes to hit side, 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 and they carve you up. Tate's a guy that can work for the Philadelphia Eagles. They didn't give up much for him. Third rounder. That's cool. It's going to help Philadelphia. I don't think it'll help them back to the Super Bowl. It'll help them. They still got to get out to NFC East too. They still got to pass the Cowboys. Still got to get past the Redskins, the Giants. We know their season is probably over. No, it's over. <laughs> but good old ball move by the Philadelphia Eagles. I thought, honestly, they need a back. 
But they saying, forget that. We're going to run our style. Our running backs are decent. We're just going to add another guy here, which means it's going to be less touches for somebody. Now, this is a Philadelphia Eagles team that's running offenses off two tight ends. And they pick up Jordan Matthew off the street. So, Golden State definitely better off, better than the guy that just came off the street. Golden Tate's going to be used. I hope Golden's used. Golden is Golden Tate. Use him. Effectively. You got him in a rental. So, use him like a rental. Because I don't see Philly signing him after the years up. And I hope that Tate can be good with another team when he does leave this situation. We had Dante Flower from the Jaguars traded to the Rams. Now, I just figured all oh, the Rams just want somebody else on that line so they can eat some more. But I watched first take this morning, and Stephen A. Smith, man, shout out to that, man. Incredible guy. One, one of my guys when, when, when I um, think about what I do, and talk sports. Thought so. He, he threw something at me. He said. Did they pick up this man. For the fact that. Their defense against the run. It's kind of. Mm. Is it the fact that. Tlaib. Is hurting. And they need. That push on the line. Because the corners may not be successful. As the year goes. It's going to be kind of interesting why the Rams got him. He's a great player. I mean, he wasn't getting much burn with the Jaguars. He definitely will be getting touches with the Rams. But let's see what this does going forward. You already have a monster line. I mean, you just got you just got some bulk. And it's not bad. It's not bad. You got him for a third and a fifth. Take it. The Rams feel like they're going all in. They can go all in into Jared Goff. Got to get paid. They already paid anybody they want to. Go in, Rams. For a year that you want to win the Super Bowl, go in. Go all in. And good victory the other day against the Packers. Which leads me into my thoughts on the next trade. For everybody that knows, this Wednesday. Everybody knows what's happening in the Packers clubhouse. After a devastating loss to the Rams. The fact that. The organization was put on blast, basically, by Ty Montgomery after Mike McCarthy said that he told Ty Montgomery when he got the ball in the end zone, do not run it out. Ty Montgomery said that none of the Packers told him or instructed him of that. He felt like his character was being judged by the media after he fumbled, after taking the ball out of the end zone. And causing Green Bay most likely the game in California. He was traded for a, what Mike Wilborn said, a ham sandwich. He was traded. He was traded. He was traded out for a seven-round pick to the Ravens. They said, we don't want no more of you. You cost us the game. You might have cost us the season. And everybody's interested in the Green Bay Patriots game this coming Sunday. But the Packers season may have just ended last Sunday. They may go out and play a good game against the Patriots, but pff, what a shitty way to end your Sunday and then for Ty Montgomery start your Monday. Ty Montgomery basically said, I don't even want to be with y'all no more. Is there any trust? Who's lying? One of these guys are lying. We'll find out maybe in the future who lied, but somebody's lying.
because two different stories don't add up. We know math, one plus one equals two, but in order to get that, you have to solve the equation. We haven't solved this equation yet over in Green Bay. Definitely. Green Bay traded their quarterback. Ha ha, Clinton Dix to the Redskins. Why the hell did you do that? The Redskins, they needed somebody on the other side, and they got somebody. The Redskins have been storming. They've been rolling, doing their thing. Adrian Peterson looking 20. Alex Smith, he's manageable. That's why you got him in such a situation. Stay afloat a bit. You know, you may not go over the top. You may not go in the bottom, but you'll stay in the middle. And that's what the Redskins need. And adding this man to the, to the already good secondary, it's amazing. They get him for the low as well. Pretty amazing what the trade deadline can do to certain people. 2019 fourth round pick you just give to Green Bay? Cool. I'm kind of disappointed that Green Bay didn't go get nobody in return. Well, other teams. But that's just been Green Bay. Didn't get Khalil Mack. Now trade basically probably your best defensive player. And you play the Patriots this Sunday. Welcome to Green Bay. Welcome to Green Bay. Some other trades that happened. Not a lot happened, but pretty, pretty interesting. And I think I went through all the trades. Fitzmagic is back. Yes. Fitzgerald. Fitzpatrick, sorry, is back. James Winston back to the bench. This may be the end of Jameis Winston, everybody. And I'm going to spend one minute on this. Jameis Winston has not performed his duties as a QB. Not to the core. Devastating that he's losing his position. I hate when a man like Jameis loses his position. He's a, he's a great overall person. But when you just have trouble after trouble after trouble and then your troubles come on the field and you don't produce... At some point, you just you just, you just got to put you in the cage and just say, hey, eventually you're going to learn, but it's going to be on our watch. It's going to be on our terms. Tampa Bay has done so much for this man. And for him to go on the field and just play shitty and be probably worse than Blake Bortles is just a shame. Because Tampa Bay has some pieces out there. And I feel like I, I was the one that said Jamie should start over Fitz. But, hey... If Fitzmagic is going to get you seven wins in, in no playoffs or eight wins in no playoffs, as long as the players are going out there and playing with some heart every game, I'll take that guy over you, Jameis. So get your crab legs the fuck out of here. Get yourself the fuck out of here. And hopefully in your next term, on whatever team you play on, and maybe the Tampa Bay Bucks next year, you're going to be the, probably the starter next year. You, you just need to sit down and, and rebalance your life, man. Because it's not it's not going down like that on the field, man, the way you want it to go, man. And it doesn't go well for a lot of people. But James may not be the answer in Tampa Bay. May not be the answer at all. Now, we talked about Cleveland earlier in the NBA. Fight Tyron Lue. The Cleveland Browns did their own firing spree. Had their own firing spree. Fire Hugh Jackson and Tar Haley. Both guys were fighting in regards to the team. One guy thought that one guy was going to get fired and the other one was going to stay. 
But Cleveland said, hey, we're firing both of you guys. Now Greg Williams is the intern coach. And I think it's a good turnaround for the Browns. I think they had to go eventually, go dust everybody off. In the same situation, I just failed all about you, Jackson. You should have been fired him. Should have fired him when they was 0-16. Should have fired him way back then. When he was talking about he was going to jump, jump, jump out of Lake Erie. You should have fired him then. The fact that you kept him, I don't know why. Maybe the players liked him. I don't know. But it's good that you got rid of him now. You can develop that team. Hopefully Cleveland in years to come will become a great team. And nothing but the best for you, you. Because you're a great guy. And I love great guys. And I hope nothing but the best, as I said, for you. Now, week eight. And we're going to week nine. Week eight was pretty, 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 pretty chill for some teams. Some teams went down. Like the New York Giants, who lost again. This season, like I said earlier, is done. Another one they lose. Eli needs to get the hell out of there. Eli does not belong in a Giants rotation no more turn to start a quarterback. Now, their backup nearly hit a police officer, though. They got arrested. He may not be the answer either. Somebody said the other day the Giants should tank. They should go sit Odell, say say qual for the rest of the year. The Giants should just tank, go after the the guy from Oregon as the, as their number one prospect, and just go with the flow. They made a mistake this year in drafting Barkley, even though they didn't, because Barkley's a one of the nation. Eli's been the problem, and the fact that nobody knew that Eli was the problem is just sickening. Because now the Giants are in this situation, so th- that's a team that gets a a nod from me this week. In terms of no. You get a no-nod from Tuquan this week. It was a terrible showing from you guys. Oakland Raiders had a good lead on Sunday, and they just lost it to the Colts. Colts have been playing pretty good. That offensive line's been pretty good. Defense, even though they gave up 28, they've been playing decent. Um, the running backs are good. Andrew Luck's been improving week by week. And the Colts don't, don't think they're going to win this season a lot at all. But they're going out there, and they're at least showing competitiveness. They're showing that they did not give the Texans that game. They was just doing it based on strategy and the fact that they wanted the fans to be excited if they were to win that game that day. So it's just overall bad, 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 bad for them. Um, another team, the Vikings. I, I picked the Vikings to beat the Saints in Sunday Night Football, and it did not happen. Kirk Cousins, I got to put that solemnly on you just because I just feel like in games like this, the game, the ball needs to get down the field. Now, Dillon had a touchdown, Diggs had a touchdown. The ball needs to get down the field. Your running game is not where it's supposed to be right now. I told everybody I don't believe in Davin Cook. Davin Cook is sitting there injured. He can't play. It's not a good look because it makes people look like Case Keenum was the guy here. And Case Keenum last year with the Vikings had a great year. And you get paid $84 million, Kirk Cousins does not cut it. On Sunday night football, when you post a step up, and win these games. And he didn't win Sunday. And, and it's going to be a rest of the long season for the Vikings because you got a tough division. And you got to pick up. You got to pick it up. You got to pick it up, Kurt. You got to pick it up, Vikings. We know that the Buffalo Bills got popped on Monday night to New England. Tom Brady didn't score a touchdown. And everybody said the Patriots won big and Tom Brady didn't score a touchdown. Yes, that happened. 
In that game, it didn't really matter, though. I know why Tom Brady didn't score no touchdowns. He's saving his guns for Sunday. He's saving his guns for national TV the same way Kirk Cousins should have been saving his touchdowns for national TV, and he did. So hopefully this week on Sunday Night Football, because Drew Brees didn't have a good game either on last Sunday night. The other guy, Taysom Hill, was taking 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 some snaps, and that's cool. That's cool. Drew Brees can go like that sometimes. Whatever. I guess so. But the Saints won, so you know what? Patriots won too, and Tom Brady, we know why he's leaving his guns in his pocket. Because those guns are going to come on the Sunday, I believe, the Green Bay against the Packers. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting week nine going in. I'm here just looking at the schedule here for week nine. And a couple, couple good ones. A couple good ones I think are going to be this week. I think the Lions and Vikings will be a good game. Despite all that, Golden Tate being traded. Um, I think that would be a good game. Another interesting game I'm looking to see is Steelers-Ravens. I'm looking to see if the Steelers can, can keep keep it up. Le'Veon Bell still a Steeler, but he's not playing after the trade deadline. Um, that's another interesting story to um, think about as the season goes. When will Le'Veon come back? I don't know. I don't have an answer for nobody. Another game interesting this week, of course, is the Rams versus the Saints. The Saints had a good game against the Vikings. Now they turn around and play another good team. And, and the LA Rams, that's going to be a hell of a game. That's the game of the week. Along with, I think, Green Bay and the Patriots are going to be an awesome game, too. You got two of the best QBs in the game. They're going to go out there Sunday and perform to, to, to all they can. This is going to be a great game that they're playing Sunday um, up in. Um, with, oh, I'm sorry for everybody that's watching or listening. And it's in New England, it's not in Green Bay. So Aaron Rodgers definitely got to bring his guns. And we know Tom Brady at home. That's, that's 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 Tommy at the crib. That that that's that's easy as it says. And um, of course, my Dallas Cowboys against the Titans, two teams at three and four looking for something. That'll be an interesting game as well in Dallas on Monday. But um, on my next podcast, I will be going and dissecting Week Nine games predictions as as the best I can to the best of my abilities. This is the mind of Watts, two Quan Watts. This is NFL talk. I'll be back shortly. Want to give a shout out to everybody in New England, everybody in the Bean and your World Series champions, Red Sox, Boston Red Sox. There is everybody's out today celebrating at the parade. One that's not is myself. But gotta give a shout out to the 4-1 series victory over the Los Angeles Dodgers this past weekend at Dodger Stadium, which makes it even sweeter. Can't say nothing wrong about these guys this season. As much as you wanted to say as the season progressed, oh, they need pitching, oh, they need this, they need that. They stayed as a unit, stay united, stayed as a team, and grinded throughout the whole season. Beat 200 win teams. That's incredible. Beat the Yankees, beat the defending champion Astros. They they deserve to win this title after beating them too. Los Angeles gave the series up, I feel. But that's not the reason why the Red Sox won. Tons of good things went their way. Even when the Dodgers had luck, it was not good enough to beat these guys. Now that's a sign of a champion right there. Guys played great. 
and it wasn't even the the, the, the one through four batters. Those guys were horrible in the series. They turned their bats up in the last in the last game or two. But shout out to the to the to, to, to the homies that they they knew it. Shout out to Jackie Bradley. Shout out to um Pierce. They called him Paul Pierce, but it's Stephen Pierce. He, he's from the New England area. Shout out to him. Shout out to all those guys. Nunez, Devers. Shout shout out to them all. Bossatelli, whatever his name is, shout out to them all. Shout out to them all, Boston. Shout out to Alice Court. Shout out to the big guys. I don't got to name y'all because y'all guys, they needed y'all for it to happen in the first place. Not necessarily in the World Series. They picked it up for you. But that's what the team does. When people struggle, people come and pick up the pieces. Baseball is a team sport. And collectively, with good help from David Price, and we got to admit, Fortnite didn't help him win. <laughs> and just got to give him a shout-out. Shout-out to that whole clubhouse. They're out there partying today, downtown. Party with them if you like that. If you're not me, don't party. But on this day, and until at least next season start, can't talk negative about them. They're the world champs. Boston Red Sox. Shout-out for the Mind of Watts podcast and myself. It's the time of the season that I like to watch college football. Now, watch a little bit of it up until this point. But last night, started the interesting stuff to me. The college football playoff rankings came out last night. And it goes as follows. For all who don't know. Of course, the Crimson Tide of Alabama are number one. They're undefeated. Clemson's number two. They're also undefeated. LSU, 7-1, number three. Notre Dame, 8-0, riding at number four. Riding, riding in the backseat trying to come up. Number five, Michigan. Six, Georgia. Seven, Oklahoma. Eight, Washington State. Nine, Kentucky. Ohio State, number 10. Now, in terms of the top four, I agree. Top four teams in the nation as far. Definitely. LSU has resurged as one of the top teams in the nation. They'll have a great test this weekend against Alabama. That's going to be a hell of a game. Alabama's favored by two touchdowns, but I think that will be a little bit more or less than that. Alabama's going to have to come show me something. One thing about college football is I'm always in for a surprise or two. May not be at the ending, but somewhere during this month stretch, month and a half stretch is going to be crucial. LSU is going to have to win this game. Also, in my mind, their championship series goals may be over. Now, they participate in probably another bowl, definitely, but LSU has got to win this game this weekend. Alabama, we know what we know what it is with them, but they gotta show me something as well. Cause this year is different from last year and the year before. Anybody can lose on any given day in football. Football is a hard sport to win week by week. But gonna give the favorite early to the Crimson Tide in this game. But like I said, they're not gonna win by two touchdowns. But it's gonna be a hell of a game. Clemson, it's Clemson. Nobody in their division can beat them. They have a great team. 
Let's see if they're tested in the next few weeks. Because they can solidify their spot once again in, in the Final Four. And I just said about LSU. They got to win this game or I feel like them getting there will be over. Notre Dame, they got to keep winning. Now they've looked stellar so far. Looked all hell and glory for Notre Dame. And everybody's rooting for Notre Dame to get in. Yeah, Notre Dame, get in. Got to keep winning all your games because you don't have a national, you don't have a conference championship game. So it's going to be hard if you lose one to gain ground back. Because then they'll be looking, as they do every year, looking at the, the championships and the conference championship games and this and that. And though Notre Dame has a hell of a great schedule, beating the conference may hurt them if they lose. But I don't think they'll lose. I think they'll keep their spot up there in one of these spots. Hey, don't let that number one over for Notre Dame. The, the, the crazies in Notre Dame be going wild. All their fans be going crazy. Now, Michigan. Michigan's got to win all out for me. Michigan can sneak in. They got to win all out. Can't have no struggle games. One more struggle game from you, and you're gone. As it is every year in Michigan. At this point, they blow it up and they lose. Michigan got to do something. That's how I feel in the top five. Georgia still has a chance. Oklahoma, you got to give them a bit from that. They still got a chance. But my wild horse. My wild horse. That could possibly sneak in. They'll be in there to the end. Man. I'm gonna ride with Kentucky. I don't know why. I'm gonna say Kentucky. I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be an ass on the show and say my high horse is Kentucky. I don't know how they'll get in. Let's keep winning. But it's interesting to see Kentucky. We don't usually see them up there. They're a good team. This year. Now, the schedule says they had a game against Georgia this week. You win that. Be on the money. Somewhere in the rankings, man. They're first in the SEC East. Getting into that championship game. Get into that, 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 the SEC championship game and y'all can blow up. Oh, man. That's going to be interesting to see how the SEC goes out in, in, in the next month and a half. This is going to be wild. Definitely going to be wild. And you'll hear about more college football from me because it's getting real pivotal right now. Oh, and shout out to my Boston College Eagles for getting that win, man, against the Miami Hurricanes. The U went down the drain. You know what it is, mind the watch, man. We just here, chilling, talking on this Halloween. WWE talking a sec. Now for some WWE talk. As we know, Friday is the Crown Jewel event. It's coming live from Saudi Arabia. And it's going to be, for some people interest a decent event but may not be all hyped to be first I want to say that John Cena and Daniel Bryant will not be on the card them guys have pulled out due to um, things that have happened in that area you know a lot of people have heard 
but it's set to kick off at noon. And should be should, should should be a good one over there on Friday, in people's eyes. But but for me, I I watch it. But due to them two being off, a few of these matches is just gonna be quickens quickens. So it's probably gonna be results that we know are probably gonna be easy pickings. I say, except for one match. But we probably could be in a state where we could pick that match as well. We got Triple H and Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker and Kane. Now, this is a match that WWE has somewhat tried to build up, tried to revive Shawn Michaels, Triple H and Generation X, as well as the Brothers of Destruction. Now, if this matchup would have happened years and years ago, I would have took it. I would have said, hey, this is a great match to, to, to kick it and watch. But you're just going to see a whole bunch of OGs in the ring. Doing old people stuff. In respect to the OGs, these guys have definitely all solidified Hall of Fame careers. Some of them are already Hall of Famers. But hey, if WWE going to put them on the card, I'll just have to keep my eyes and watch it. I am anticipating a Shawn Michaels and Triple H win. But it'll be good to see Shawn Michaels back. Just for one night. It may go more, but I don't know if I can watch Sean more than one time after this. We got Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman for the Universal title. Roman Reigns um, pulled out due to his um, leukemia. And the decision was just made to simply have Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman fight it out. Now we all know Brock's on the verge of going back to UFC. And Braun Strowman is the guy that could potentially take over as the face of the company. I think that was that's the way it's going to go. I think Braun Strowman, in the early prediction, I think he's going to beat Brock. Hopefully, Vince writes the script like that. Looking for a great showdown, though. I'm looking for good minutes in the ring, not five to seven minutes. I'm looking for a good 15, 17-minute fight, at least. Give me that to us. And Braun Strowman will be holding his hands up at the end of the night. You got the WWE Championship. AJ Styles supposed to fight Daniel Bryan. It's supposed to be a great night for Daniel Bryan, but due to the fact that he pulled out for the event, Samoa Joe will be getting a title shot. My question is, will Daniel Bryan get his title match somewhere else or at another setting? I'm thinking the Royal Rumbles where he'll get his title shot or at the next pay-per-view, which will be in December. Or... Possibly at Survivor Series. Let's see what it is. But this matchup we've seen plenty of times. We've seen in the summer. We've seen in September. Um, we've seen that Super Showdown in October. Um, I don't want to see this matchup unless the result is going to end in Samoa Joe winning the title. And AJ Styles is a hell of a fighter. He's one of the best fighters fighting today. But if you're going to have this match and there's no change, honestly... Should have had AJ Styles fight somebody who we know he's going to beat. Because I feel like Samoa Joe can hold the title. I feel like he can do some things with it. And I'm looking to see new... I always like to see new blood with the titles in their hands. But it's up to the WWE, of course, to make that decision. I'm going to take Samoa Joe early on this. But they may just keep it on Styles' hands just for the fact that they want him to fight Daniel. And it can't happen here due to the fact that Daniel ain't trying to fuck with it. Got the ball versus the New Day. I'm going to say the ball's going to win. 
sick and tired of watching the new day, sick and tired of them like embarrassing themselves. It's good for business and they're getting that money and that's what it is. But the fact that now they're throwing pancakes, I would never want pancakes thrown at me. This is terrible to see. Terrible to see that the New Day is going like this. I would like to see Big E, Kofi, and Xavier go into singles. And fight singles competition. And, and and go go that route. Still be friends, you know. Still be the New Day, but at the same time, go their own ways as well. That would be great. And you got the World Cup. Updated World Cup since John Cena's not participating in it. You got Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley. And Kurt Angle versus Dolph Ziggler. For SmackDown, you got Jeff Hardy versus Miz. You got Rey Mysterio versus Randy Orton. My predictions for this Crown Jewel tournament is that I think Seth will beat Bobby Lashley. I think Dolph Ziggler will beat Seth Rollins. I think The Miz will beat Jeff Hardy. I think... Yeah, I'll take Rey Mysterio over Randy Orton. Semifinals of SmackDown, I'll take I'll take Rey over Miz. And semifinals for Raw, I'll take Seth over um, Dolph, which means Rey Mysterio versus Seth. And at the end, Rey Mysterio will put out a great showing for the crowd, but I think Seth will be the best in the world. If that's what they're trying to determine in this tournament, Seth Rollins will win the crowd through tournament. That's my early prediction. And they have another rumor confirmed match. Um, Buddy Murphy versus Cedric Alexander at the Super Showdown. This was actually a great matchup. I'm interested to see that rematch. I think Buddy Murphy will hold the title, the Cruiserweight title, that is. And hopefully Crown Jewel is a good event. Maybe it's going to be something that's good. But as I said, Super Showdown was okay. It made it okay decent. I don't think this will well. I want to give a shout-out to the women's as well. I want to give a shout-out to the ladies that had that Evolution pay-per-view. A lot of interesting matches, a lot of twists. I don't like the fact that Nia Jax won the Battle Royal. I think Amber Moon should have won. I think all the momentum was going her way in the matchup, but they put Jax up on top at the end. Maybe they want Ronda Rousey to face some, 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 some big competition, stiff competition. And she's a good fighter, Nia Jax. But I feel like she had her time against Bliss. I don't. You could make Rousey and her go along for a little bit, though that match at Money in the Bank was fucked up by Alexa. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a good one. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be a good um rivalry to see up until when she's got to fight Charlotte. But she also has a match Ronda Rousey does. At Survivor Series against Becky Lynch, who is the SmackDown Women's Champion who beat Charlotte in the last Women's Standing match. That matchup should have been the main event of the pay-per-view, but they had Ronda Rousey against Bella. Nikki Bella, come on. Like, you got to do better. For an event of all ladies, it was all great. It was awesome to watch all those girls compete. See a lot of matches, you know, seeing the next championship. You've seen um, the Pirate Treasure lose her title. Shayna Baszler, um, it was it was a great match, man. You had you had the May Young Classic final. It was it was great to see the woman dominance go Paul in the WWE. It was definitely great to see. It's gonna be more of that to tune into. The ladies are putting on. Men better watch. 
Because I know this Evolution pay-per-view is probably going to be better than this Crown Jewel. That's just my opinion. But it's going to be interesting to watch. And WWE talk. That's all I got for this week in regards to that. Raw SmackDown, Raw SmackDown. I didn't really watch it. Didn't pay attention to it because we kind of know what's going on. Been predictable the last few months to me. Been more focused on independent wrestling. And I'll have my guys, and Lino, coming to the podcast soon. Talk more wrestling. As well as my mind, my thoughts. Mind of Watts. Just want to send my condolences once again to the family of Jordan McNair. Maryland player that passed away during the preseason workouts. In fact, when the coach did not let him get the proper resting or the proper treatment in regards to him having complications one day in practice. And yesterday, I was told that this coach, DJ Thurkin, was reinstated back as the coach of Maryland after serving and definitely leave. And I'm speechless to what the university has came with at the end and reinstating this man. And I do agree with the Maryland students and players protesting this. This guy does not belong at Maryland. Though Maryland will go on as a university, they gave themselves the death penalty. It just isn't right. You have to go another way. You can't go with him on the campus. Now, in the world that we live in, people like myself, I at times believe in second chances for individuals, but not this individual here. This is fucking trifling, and sorry for my language for anybody watching. It's terrible. The fact that we know what this guy did, we know the story. Yes, he's been on paid administrative leave, mind you, since August 11th. That should have been an administrative leave, and once y'all made a decision, it should have been, you're no longer going to be here with the team. It's sad. It's got to be a better way to resolve this issue, and hopefully protesting, getting their point across once again, as everybody's been getting their point across during the situation, the right thing and the right justice will be served in this. This guy does not deserve to be the head coach of the Maryland Terrapins. At all. It's terrible. Before I head out today, I'd like to give some predictions for this Wednesday's NBA schedule. I like to do this sometimes where I, I predict games based on how I feel on the schedule tonight. First game is Detroit versus Brooklyn, 7.30. And that game tonight after they lost a back-to-back, I mean lost the back-to-back to the Celtics, yes, Detroit Pistons will beat the Brooklyn Nets tonight. You can scratch that in. Brooklyn will be competitive, but at the end, I just think Detroit is going to win this. They played very solid last night, but the Celtics were just a better team. They'll win tonight. Got Indiana versus New York on ESPN. Shout out to the New York Knicks again. The game on ESPN. Shout out to the Mecca. Hopefully they improve as days go by. Um, Coach Fisdale is at the helm. Let's see if the Knicks can make some noise tonight. 
Doesn't mean they'll win tonight. I got the Pacers beating them guys. But they'll play hard. They'll be competitive. You got Denver versus Chicago. We've seen Chicago display horrible defense and play. That's how Clay Thompson had his 14 threes and broke a record the other day. Tonight against Denver, Denver will give them the sticks as well. Chicago is a team that's young, and they don't really know what direction they're going in. And Denver will, will, will give give them some of that Golden State um, hangover tonight, as I should say. We got Denver versus Minnesota. Now, this is a game that you could pick them, honestly. Both teams are going to come in playing good. Teams coming off wins. I'm going to give the edge to Minnesota tonight. Cat had a very decent game against the Lakers the other night, and I could hope to see that continue tonight. I'm going to take Minnesota over Utah. Got New Orleans versus Golden State. Anthony Davis, great player. Make some noise tonight against Golden State, but Golden State will win tonight. That game's at 1030. You got Los Angeles versus Dallas. Lakers versus Dallas. I said earlier, the Lakers will win this game tonight. It's a winnable game. But if you don't win, you'll hear me on the, on the next on the, on the next follow-up show. Definitely. But Lakers will win tonight. And you got Phoenix versus San Antonio at Phoenix on ESPN to end the night. And this game tonight, we take... In the night, give the game to Phoenix tonight. Say Phoenix over San Antonio. So if you heard me right, took Detroit, Indiana, Denver, Minnesota, Golden State, Lakers, Phoenix tonight. My predictions on tonight's games. Do want to thank everybody that listened to the Mind of Watch podcast. Interesting wave today. I'm happy that everybody took it on this Halloween day. Take the kids out, trick or treat, make sure they get lots of candy. Make sure you go to every single house that you can get to. I know it's cold outside. I know you don't want the kids out there that long. You don't want them to get sick, but make sure they enjoy Halloween. I love that at the end of the night, just throwing all the bags on my bed, all the candy, and then eating it all. But as an adult, not only taking the kids out, but what I look forward to is the day after, 50% off all candy at all the stores. I go to every store and I pick out candy. And I got a mile of candy for myself to go into not only after Halloween, but the holidays as well. My name is Tuquan Watt, Mind the Watch Podcast. Tune in. Till next time, everybody. If it ain't loud, it ain't come from me. You can catch your streaming on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, catch us on Facebook as well, catch us on Spotify, you can catch me on Facebook as well, Tuquan Watt, Instagram, T underscore Watt 88, Twitter, at Tuqueasy, enjoy your Halloween, wear your best costumes, I have my mask on, I'm Donald's, take care, have a good day.